This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis and my co-host is my trusty service dog, Whistle. And we're thrilled to be with you today to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs and working animals. And today we're going to be visiting with Amanda Rinalda. And Amanda is one of our favorite people. And we met Amanda at the Chopra Center where she does amazing things as Vice President of Client Services and Operations. And Amanda is also a Master Educator for the Chopra Center for Well-Being. And that's located in Carlsbad, California. And she serves as host for many of the center's large live events. And Amanda has studied closely with Dr. Deepak Chopra and Dr. David Simon. So she has so much wisdom and knowledge that she's going to be sharing with us today. And we're so thrilled to have her on the show. So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome Amanda to the show. Sit stay we'll be right back after a short pause well four to be exact do you know that moment when your dirty dog's about to jump in your nice clean car you can avoid all the cleanup and mess with a 4k9 seat cover 4k9s makes heavy duty seat covers and cargo liners that will blend seamlessly with the interior of your vehicle you can find us at 4k9s.com that's the number 4 k n i n e s.com or on amazon.com 4k9s makes nothing but the best for your best friend Molly here's your dinner <coughs> Zeus that's not your food Don't let that happen to your precious cat elevate your cat's eating experience with the cat tree tray The cat tree tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree it's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet household. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. I'm so excited to welcome our very special guest, Amanda Rinalda, to the show. Hello, Amanda, and welcome. Hello, Marcy. So wonderful to be with you all. Oh, I'm so excited for you to be here because you are working on an awesome project that I can't wait for you to share with our listeners, and that is a project around dogs and Ayurveda. So can you tell us, Amanda, start off and tell us, what is Ayurveda and how in the world does it apply to dogs? Yes, it is a wonderful coming together that I have discovered over the last few years. I've been studying Ayurveda for about 15 years now. For human beings, of course, was the first application that I explored and studied and was so lucky and honored to study under such amazing, brilliant teachers. 
and have been, of course, sharing that with the world now for many years in, in my way and in our context of the Chopra Center. And then about two years ago, probably, um, I was having a lot of vata, which we'll get into, of course, what that is, but the air and space element creates vata. So there was a lot of change. There was a lot of instability. There were, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and sleeplessness and was going through this period of struggle in my life and in my sharing with my husband, actually, how I was feeling in my mind, he responded brilliantly one day, well, exactly how your mind is working is how Maya, our dog, is acting. Maya is our beloved cockapoo. She's five years old, of all black cockapoo, and she had been going through for about two months, ironically, the same amount of time approximately that I was having my imbalance. She was also going through a really extreme bout with allergies and just, you know, itching her belly really, really badly, chewing on her paws. I kept bringing her to the vet. She couldn't sleep. She couldn't eat. She was losing weight. Um, kept bringing her to the vet. They were putting her on steroids and all the other things that they do with severe allergy cases. And although she does still have allergies, she will, um, you know, she's continuing to have that affect her. However, once I realized what was going on with Maya, that she too was having an imbalance, similar to my imbalance, I recognized that her vata was elevated, her air and space element was elevated, and what I could do was the same thing that I could do for myself to help her, which was help us to ground. So as I introduced into my life and really took on a strong daily routine around balancing vata, I just applied those same principles to her. So everything from warm and moist food to calming, relaxing music in my environment, proper aromas, even a massage technique, self-massage, and I developed a massage for dogs as well, as well as breathing techniques and meditation. So everything that I would do to myself and my own daily routine, I would apply to Maya as well and it was amazing the way that it impacted her. The healing benefits were profound and quick and so much stronger than the medications that I had had her on which we all know it's always best to avoid or at least minimize if we can with the medications. So that's where it all began and this whole world opened up to me of how this timeless tradition which is called Ayurveda. Ayurveda is a Sanskrit word. Sanskrit is an ancient language and Ayurveda is rooted in India. So what Ayurveda means is the science or wisdom of life. So with Ayurvedic techniques, you it's 5,000 years old, as I mentioned, or more. They really are, these practices are the oldest healing system on the planet. And by tuning in to these techniques and seeing the ways that they can not only help human beings, but now being able to help dogs has been so inspiring and impactful. We have a dog rescue organization, a small dog rescue organization called Full Playmates, and we have the opportunity to bring all of these different rescue dogs into the home, and we foster them for a month or two or however long it may be. So we have a great opportunity to apply these powerful teachings and techniques to healing and balancing the dogs while they're with us. So it's it's been just a, an unbelievable opening into a new space of, of purpose in my life and um, the way that I can help and serve dogs as many oh, as possible. It's, it's wonderful. Well, tell us, Amanda, how did you start this process with Maya? How did you start? Because you mentioned you did her, you made her food warm and moist. How did you do aromas with her and, and massage and meditations? I really want to hear about how you use meditation for her. So can you tell us about some of your methods that you used? 
Yes, I think it's um, good to start with actually a, a brief explanation of what Ayurveda is all about. As I said, it's a very old healing system. And what Ayurveda does is it breaks down the categories or characteristics of each being into three categories, which are called the doshas. That's D-O-S-H-A, doshas. So the three doshas are vata, which I mentioned, pitta, and kapha. Vata, the first, are the air and space elements, and the characteristics of Vata are cold and light and dry and constantly changing, just like the air and space. Then you have Pitta, which is the heat element, the fire element, and also water. So that heat and water come together to create intensity uh, in the body, to create also, most importantly, metabolism and energetic processing. It also can create any transformation and change that goes on in the body, just like the transformation when we cook that happens through the heat. That heat in the body is also what transforms us within. And, of course, outside of us, these elements are there, and we can use the perfect example of the sun, the transformation that comes through the sun. So that's the second dosha. And then the third dosha is kapha. Kapha are the elements of of earth and water. So this is the stability. This is uh, groundedness. This is heaviness, it can be. It's the earth element, of course. So we see this all around us and that which is, you know, the rocks and the land and and what we experience in life, what we're walking around on. And those elements are the grounding elements that are within us. So every single one of us, and I think that's the most important to understand, every one of us and, of course, every one of our dogs and every living being on the planet has the influence, has parts and pieces of each of these doshas. So when it comes to the assessment of the doshas and understanding what to do with Ayurveda, it's all about understanding the animal or the being and where their predominance is, either vata, pitta, or kapha. And then, even more importantly in some cases, where is the accumulation? Where do they have too much air, too much fire, or too much earth? And that's where we identify what we can do to then pacify or reduce that dosha. And that's where all the healing lies. So in the case of Maya, she had too much air. So to ground her, to bring her down to earth, so to speak, as mentioned, and as you said, Marcy, we can add warmth and moisture to her food. So that can be as simple as, which I recommend for really all dogs, is sautéing some vegetables. You know, when we think of dog food and kibble, of course, there's many, many, many different ways to feed our dogs and different philosophies behind it. However, as we can think of just kibble, it's so dry. You know, I often will tell people it's very similar to eating Cheerios every day of your life. We can see how that would not lead to optimal health. So if we can saute some vegetables, um, some coconut oil or maybe some avocado oil, just a little bit of vegetables, broccoli, carrot, celery, squash, Brussels sprouts we did last night and they loved them so much. So any kinds of vegetables, seasonal vegetables. The only things you have to avoid are peppers, onions, garlic, avocados. There's a list, of course, that we can easily access um, online to what to avoid with dogs. But other than that, it's open when it comes to fruits and vegetables as well. So you can warm up a little bit of vegetable and put that on their food. Very pacifying for vata, that air element again, to bring in more earth. So that's a great way. Um, the warmth and the moisture is key. So even if you are feeding some meat, just warming the meat up, warming the food up, adding a little bit of vegetable or chicken broth to the food. I usually use a low-sodium chicken broth to not have too much salt in their diet. 
something like that is a great way to ground vata. Then there are also, of course, grounding herbs, which um, a herb that I really strongly believe in and use with all of our dogs. It's called ashwagandha, ashwagandha. And that is an Ayurvedic herb that is grounding and pacifying to vata. It helps the being to be able to handle stress a little bit more easily, to be able to take on the weight of the world, so to speak. And so this herb will help to reduce nervousness, anxiety, fear, transition. It's a great transitional herb, another reason why we use it so often with our rescue dogs. And then to just go through the other dosha, so we don't just speak to one. Of course, it's all about balance. So we want to make sure we have a very balanced conversation. So with pitta, again, the fire element, the way that you can add a little bit to food to cool pitta is how you would for a human being, of course, adding a little bit of cooling element. So coconut oil, very, very cooling, just a little bit of warmed up coconut oil on the food. Mint, cilantro, cucumber, watermelon, and something I really love and turn to quite often is aloe, aloe vera juice, or even aloe from your plant outside. You can just peel it, take out that meaty part on the inside, chop it up a little bit and mix it with their food. So the aloe can be extremely beneficial also for cooling the heat within our dogs. And we'll see that, as I explained with Maya, that nervousness of vata, of the air principle. What we see with pitta, the heat is often um, associated to allergies. The heat of the body will result in rashes, itchiness, moisture in the ears. Again, the fire and water element make up pitta, so that infection in the ears commonly is a pitta issue, typically. Also, the intensity of their nature. If they're, they get fiery in their nature, they're a little angry, they're barking a lot, they're a little aggressive or responsive in that way, that can be an excess of pitta. So we want to just cool down their body, cool down their environment, cool down their food. And then lastly, we have kapha, the earth and water element. So with kapha, pretty intuitive, all of this, really. Ayurveda is extremely intuitive. That's one of the things I love so much about it. But with kapha, what is so fantastic is that intuitively we can feel with a, with a lot of earth, what happens? We get heavy, right? So that our dogs will get complacent, gain some weight, be withdrawn, not want to exercise as much, not be as friendly when people come over, things like that. Be a little more fearful, want to hide in their crate or in their bed. So what we want to do with kapha dogs or when the dog is having a kapha imbalance is we want to lighten it up. So now we want to add more vegetables to their food. We want to lighten up what they're eating. We want to give them a little bit more exercise, whether they're into it or not. We want to just invigorate their lifestyle, put on some invigorating music in their environment and invigorating aromas. There's so much to share with all of this. As you can tell, I could go on and on and on, and and I do in my classes (laughs) to get into all of the details. But that's the general idea of the doshas and how to recognize them. Okay, well, that does give us a really good overview. And and I love the way that you talked about the different doshas and how then it starts to weave in the different treatments, if you will, that you did with the food and the aromas and the music, all of those things that you mentioned. Well, this is so exciting. And I just, I just love to hear it. And I know that other people, because with our working dogs, you know, these dogs, they're under so much stress every day. They have such 
high expectations for their performance. And I've started practicing some of these things. And it's just, I'm amazed at the response of the dogs. And so I'm just so thrilled that you're sharing this with us today. And we are going to take just a quick break and hear some really important messages from our sponsors. And we're going to come back and keep visiting with Amanda because we have a lot more questions for her and she's got a lot more information to share with us. So please come right back. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Today we are visiting with Amanda Rinalda from the Chopra Center out in beautiful Carlsbad, California. And she has been giving us some amazing information about Ayurveda for dogs. So before the break, we were talking about all the different ways that that you identify how dogs are out of balance or what their dosha is. And then we really want to talk more about once you identify the dosha, how can someone really tell if their dog is out of balance? And are there any tools out there, Amanda, that can help someone who hasn't had all the incredible training that you've had? What can someone like me do? Yes, great question, Marcy. Definitely learning more about Ayurveda in general is going to be a wonderful direction to take because, as mentioned many times, it completely applies to our dogs. And it's so interesting being in this world of conversation for a couple decades now, having now, you know, as I bring together the application of these techniques to dogs, I have so many people coming to me saying, wow, I've studied Ayurveda my whole life and I've never even thought to apply it to my animals. And as soon as we do, we start to see the impacts as you just shared with yours. And so um, one tool, well, there's several tools, but one way to learn more about Ayurveda in general, of course, are through some of the wonderful books that have been put out there about these techniques and, and these this understanding, this body of knowledge. So a couple books that I could recommend, and there are many, so I encourage everyone to just find what works for you. 
But of course, my heart lies with Deepak Chopra and the beautiful work that he has done for so many years. So his, his, one of his leading books is called Perfect Health. And that's not about dogs. I just want to make sure that everyone's clear that that's not about dogs. It's about human beings and the application of Ayurveda. But it's a wonderful understanding, a comprehensive, a very modern understanding as well. Although these teachings are timeless, sometimes when we study them in these ancient books, it doesn't so easily apply to our modern world and and no, it's lifestyle. not. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it's great that Deepak has found a way to bridge that, and it's very, very clear. So that's about Ayurveda. Another one, another great book that has been a, a, one of my favorites since I discovered it many years ago is called An Ayurvedic Year. And it's this little book. It's a very simple book, straightforward, sectioned out into Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. It's by Christina Brown. And I'm not sure exactly when she created this book, but I bought it at least 15 years ago. So I know it's been around that long. And it's just very straightforward. They've got some illustrations. They've got some great techniques, some daily routine. And obviously, based on the name of the book, An Ayurvedic Year, it gives you a seasonal understanding of the doshas. So by understanding the doshas, by default, you will understand and you will be able to recognize them in your dog. Now, now we go to applying them to dogs specifically, a few tools. One is a dosha quiz that I created for dogs. So I will be sharing that with you and you can, of course, share that with your audience and I invite anyone at any time to reach out to me as well. I'm I'm available. I absolutely love this conversation and I'm happy to answer questions. And I will, of course, um, give to you, Marcy, as, as you will share the contact information for me and where to find us. You can always go to the Soul Playmates Facebook page. I just um, posted a video the other day, actually, about Vata, about Maya, who I mentioned, our cockapoo, and about how I cook for her. And I demonstrated how I prepare her food each day. So that's an interesting video that some listeners Listeners may want to check out, but those are some great resources. And this quiz, the two-page quiz, and it breaks down characteristically how your dog is, how it looks, how it behaves, what its tendencies are, how its digestion is, sleep um, patterns, etc., etc., etc. The most important thing to keep in mind when doing this dosha quiz for dogs is that we want to look at the time frame in which our dog was its most healthiest. So if our dog unfortunately is dealing with a physical limitation, circumstance, an ailment right now, we then want to go to the time in their life where they were their most healthy and take the quiz from that perspective. The directions are on the quiz. And then you add up all the numbers and at the bottom you'll see the highest number is what your dog is predominantly, either Vata, Pitta, or Kapha. And then the second highest is the second most active in their system and so on. So that will guide us to what to do, what to do in order to help them balance. Oh, that's wonderful. That's awesome. And we will definitely make that available on our website so that our listeners can access that because I know that other tools that you have developed and that the Chopra Center uses are just so practical and easy to use. So I can't wait to see the dosha quiz. That's awesome. Thank you. (laughs) So tell us, you know, after we take the quiz, can you give us a tip, Amanda, for each of the types of dogs for each dosha? Yes. 
Yes, I think let's do one at a time. So let's start with vata, as we do, because that's the kind of the system and the way the system flows. Also important to note while we're at it is that vata is the, they call the king of the doshas. So vata will bring, will come into balance very easily, but it will also go out of balance very easily. So I spend a lot of time talking about vata because it does, whether you're a person, a dog, a cat, or otherwise, it does tend to be the most common in our life experience and in our day-to-day. So something I really enjoy for balancing vata in addition to the food techniques as I've mentioned and are in the video is a meditation technique that I do with the dogs. So what we do is you just take your dog, bring the dog close to you, and you sit down on your knees. And for those of you that are aware of yoga positions, we're kind of coming into a child's pose position. So if that's your knees, your shins down on the ground, and your knees are open wide, and you're sitting up on your heels, and you pull your dog towards you. So their hind end is facing you, so their tail is toward your belly, and their head is toward your knees. And then you kind of lean down over your dog. It's a little hard to explain without demonstrating physically, but hopefully everyone can follow me. Is you lean down over your dog and you, of course, put your weight into your elbows. So now your elbows touch the ground and they're on either side of your dog. And you lay a little bit, just a little bit of your body weight on top of them. Now the dog, I should have mentioned this earlier, actually, you've rolled your dog over at this point. So you've slid them towards you and then you roll them over so they're on their back, their belly up. So your belly to belly and much more importantly, your heart-to-heart. And so you lay your body down on your dog. Again, support your body weight with your elbows, with your forearms. And then I usually bring my hands behind their head and cup their ears with each hand. So you can give them a little ear massage while you're back there and you kind of cup their head, cup their head in your hands. And that creates for them a sense of safety. This is a little uncertain to them, of course, if they've never done this before. So you'll want to just give them the support that they need to feel really at ease and relaxed in this position. So as you're laying yourself over the dog, you can now just start to take some deep breaths. And at first you may notice that they're, as mentioned, a little uncertain, a little squirrely, but then they'll start to calm down. Breath by breath, they'll start to calm down. Their breath will start to get deeper. You may notice, and it's very, very common, that when I start to take some deep breaths, they start to take deep breaths. It's so cool because you can feel the communication, the connection that you have between the two of you. And then you just lay down a little more, again, just being mindful of your body weight, but that just helps them to ground also. And yet you continue to breathe deep and they can feel your heartbeat on their chest. You feel your heartbeat slow down. You feel your breathing slow down. You feel the same response in them. The bodies start to align. Now, we are aligning our chakras, our energy centers of the body, which we have seven main energy centers. When we are connected to our dog in this way, we're also aligning our energy centers. So it's a beautiful way, especially with service dogs or assistant dogs, the way that you know, the, the bond that's built, the connection that's there, I'm, I'm sure there's nothing really more important than that. Everything is, is secondary to that. And so this is such a beautiful way to not only calm Vata, to help ground, to help soothe, to help reduce any anxiety or stress. You know, dogs go through a lot of stress. Every time we have house guests, every time a new baby comes into the home, every time they go to the vet, we go out of town. The list goes on and on and on of why they experience stress, and they experience it just as much as we do, if not more sometimes. So this technique is really wonderful to help them reconnect and to feel safe and secure again. 
How long usually do you stay in that position, Amanda? How long I do you try to keep them? Minutes. Okay, perfect. Yeah, you know, about five minutes or so, you can stay in that position and just keep breathing. And then as they get more comfortable with it, you can do it a little longer. I've stayed even for a half an hour before when the dog's really comfortable and I'm comfortable and I'm breathing <laughs> deep. And I've just done my whole meditation there, really just with them. Right. Right. And I just would like to add to that, you know, as I am a wheelchair user, so it might be a little challenging for me to get on the ground. Well, it's a lot challenging, but I was thinking, and I I bet our listeners were also thinking that we could certainly do this in bed or in some other place where we're out of our wheelchairs that we can actually connect with our dogs because that is so powerful. As you were saying, that bond and for working dogs, it's even more powerful, that bond because of how we have to depend on our dogs. So I just, I was envisioning that as you were describing that and how lovely that would be for our dogs and how calming. So just wanted to add that. So please go on to the next two types. Yes, and Marcy, just to add to that, as the dog, if you have a small dog, you can also, of course, put in your put the dog in your lap, but definitely Absolutely. in your bed, and just lay to the side. You don't have to be over the dog if laying on the knees is not comfortable. So whatever position you have, being heart to heart, aligning the chakras is the most important. That's where the energy yeah. connection comes. Love that. Love it. So then pitta. So pitta is our fire sign. And the, how do we reduce the fire is with cooling foods, as we spoke about, but also a cooling environment. So I've noticed cooling aromas being very helpful for dogs. And it's very important to mention that dogs have a far better sense of smell than we do, sometimes even up to 100,000 times better than us, like for a bloodhound or something like that. So we want to be very, very mindful when we're dealing with aromas to go very gentle. So I tell people a half of a drop even of a nice cooling aroma like a lavender or a sandalwood or even mint, jasmine, rose. These are very cooling aromas that the dogs will respond very nicely to. So just a little half a drop maybe on their bedding or you can put a little drop on their collar or put a little bit in your hands, mix it with some coconut oil. And when you're what we just spoke about with the meditation technique, you can also do that same position or a similar position where you're heart to heart with your dog and just do a little bit of oil massage on them. Now we don't want to necessarily make our dogs all oily, but you can put the oil on on their pads, all four pads, a little bit on the ears, not in the ears, but just on the outside of the ears and even behind the ears. And you can rub a little bit um, around their nose, but this is uh, without the aroma, just a little bit of the oil can go around their nose. And um, I'll even put it on uh, their hip creases and then their armpits, just a little bit in those areas. Again, so they're not all oily, although the oil is very good for dogs as it is humans. So you can do the massage techniques and then and if you add just a half a drop of aroma, you can do the massage, again, avoiding the nose area. But you can do the massage as well so that it's very calming for them and they receive the cooling of the aroma. Another great way to cool is to have water in their environment, the color of water, the sound of water, the smell of water. So for a dog that has a lot of heat in it, bring in a little water fountain um, into the space or even easier, a CD. You know, we have these CD compilations that are trickling springs and the waves crashing onto the shore and, and, and different water sounds of nature. Play that. Uh, music can be extremely impactful for the inner workings of a dog, especially the psychology, the mental balance, the emotional balance of our dogs. 
music can have a very profound impact on that. Even though they may not understand the music, they don't know the musician, they don't know it's classical or country or whatever, but they definitely feel the benefits. So the sound of water will greatly cool the system all throughout. So that's a great way to calm and um, balance and cool pitta. So then we come to kapha. Kapha is already very grounded, so we're looking to alleviate, to lighten it up. So with kapha, a great um, technique is, as I mentioned, the lighter meals, a lot of green leafy vegetables, lower calorie foods in general. Another um, nutritional supplement for nutritional addition for kapha that I found a a lot of benefit through is apple cider vinegar, just um, some organic apple cider vinegar. Depends on the size of the dog, but you would just do like a lid full in their food each day. And the apple cider vinegar is very, very good for reducing any um, inflammation in the body. It also reduces yeast, reduces the moisture that's sometimes built up, like in the ears or in a rashiness or even in the feet sometimes get the that moisture in there and they get a little smelly. So this um, apple cider vinegar really reduces that. It reduces the kapha, that stagnation that comes with kapha. So apple cider vinegar can be a wonderful addition. And then invigorating smells. So you want to spice it up. You know, cinnamon, basil, sage, very gentle, again, with these aromas. But you can even put the spices in their food. Dogs can handle the spices in their food. Not too much, just a little bit. But a little bit of uh, those um, aromatic, invigorating, kind of opening herbs. The ones that when we smell them, the human beings smell them, it's... Ah, I really feel like I've taken that in. You feel lifted up. That's exactly what we want to do with our kapha dogs. Well, Amanda, you have given us so many wonderful tips and and so much great information that we can start doing with our dogs right away. And I'm just so sorry that our time has come to an end because I know we could talk about this all day. But I just want to, as we're concluding, so you mentioned your Facebook page, and I believe it's Soul Playmates. Is that the name on Facebook? Is that the best way for our listeners to reach you, Amanda? Yes, it is. You can message me through the Facebook page, or I'm happy to provide my email address as well, which is simple, amanda at soulplaymates.org. Soul Playmates is an organization that matchmakes. That's our whole intention because I believe, and I'm guessing many of our listeners believe that they are, in fact, our soul playmates. They they are those <laughs> beings that we can bond with and connect to like no others. And so the idea behind Soul Playmates is to help people that are looking for a dog find a dog in the shelter. I find the dog for them on their behalf that is the ideal match for them. And I take the, the doshas, vata, pitta, and kapha into consideration for both the dog and the person and the environment. So I do some matchmaking. We do our matchmaking in that way. And then we bring the dogs into our home and we foster them for a month at least and transition them and take them through the rehabilitation process where we apply many of these tips and techniques. In addition to the rescue, we also do the education, which we're talking about now, of course, and just helping people to understand, to connect to, to hear the voice of our our soul playmate, our dogs, even more easily and more soulfully. You know, there's so much... Uh, that we can receive. There's so much information. There's so much understanding that we can have with them if we simply open up to it. And I know so many of us do already do that. And this is just another way to take that maybe even deeper. 
Well, thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you so much for being with us and for helping us to open up to this this new concept and this new way of supporting our amazing dogs. So thank you, thank you. And we hope you'll come back and join us again. And we also want to thank you, our listeners, for being with us. We just love to hear from you. So please keep those emails coming. And you can email me at Marcy, M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com. And you can also follow Working Like Dogs on Facebook and Twitter and read our blog at WorkingLikeDogs.com. So thanks so much to you, our listeners, to Amanda, and to our wonderful sponsors. And we look forward to being with you again soon. Take good care. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. 